Hi, I'm Dr. Stephen Hassan with another episode of the Influence Continuum. And I'm very excited to be with Ruth Ben-Ghiat. Um, Ruth and I met initially years ago for the dangerous case of Donald Trump, I believe, in D.C. At least that's my memory, Ruth. Um, Ruth has written a very important book for our times called Strongman, Mussolini to the Present, which examines how liberal leaders use corruption, violence, propaganda, and machismo to stay in power, and how resistance to them has unfolded over a century. Ruth is a scholar. She's a professor of history and Italian studies at New York University. And she's all about explaining to the public about fascism, authoritarianism, propaganda, democracy, protection. She's on TV, all kinds of networks. She does consulting for films. And recently, Ruth invited me to her uh, substack um, called Lucid. Uh, so we got to talk with 300-odd folks who are following her. Uh, important work. And I said, Ruth, you've got to come on my my podcast so we can uh, share your expertise with my folks. Um, so welcome to the Influence Continuum, Ruth. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So my goodness, uh, it just feels so heavy uh, and around the world with so many crises and wars and violence and threats and strong men emerging uh, in different countries. Just recently, Argentina elected a right-wing uh, libertarian who wants to tear down government and is espousing all kinds of very dangerous rhetoric. And the media is basically saying in the, in the form of Trump, uh, which we hear all the time in the United States. So I think your work is especially important. And so can we maybe start with your interest in this topic and then your latest book about Mussolini and strongmen? Sure. Um, so I, I grew up uh, in California in a town, Pacific Palisades, that was a place and uh, towns around it where a lot of exiles from Nazism settled. And uh, mm. I, I didn't hear too much about Nazism and the Holocaust in my own family because my father's a Sephardic Jew from the Middle East and my mother's from Scotland and is Christian. So I didn't have that, that lineage mm. of many American Jews. But I, I, I started, you know, the traces of these people were visible in my town and some of their kids and grandkids uh, were there. And Arnold Schoenberg's um, son was a teacher at my school. So I started thinking, you know, how terrible to have to leave your country and resettle halfway around the world. And that's what got my um, interest peaked at the beginning uh, about uh, dictatorships. And then I ended up mm. working on Italy because uh, there wasn't as much done, especially um, the themes I was interested of collaboration. So I've always been interested in, in now, most recently with the GOP, uh, you know, clinging to Trump for dear life, um, why people um, mm -hmm. submit to power 
why they believe the lies the leader tells them and, uh, and what, the, what the devastating results of that are when it's scaled up. Mm-hmm. Great. So basically, uh, I didn't realize you were Jewish. I am too, even though my last name sounds like uh, I, I may be Sephardic or uh, a Muslim. Um, but so, yeah, the Holocaust, Nazism, fascism is uh, very much, it seems, uh, more and more power empowered uh, from my perspective through the internet and through hacking of people's data and tweaking behind the scenes. That's my perception of it anyway. But um, so, so tell us more about Mussolini. I know Trump like, really looked up to Mussolini, or at least that's my, my recollection and my research when I wrote the book. Yeah, also Steve Bannon is a huge admirer of Mussolini. And, you know, Mussolini uh, gets a short shrift uh, because... Uh, you know, everybody focuses on Hitler, but uh, Mussolini was the teacher of Hitler. And Mussolini was in power uh, a long time before Hitler. And Hitler admired Mussolini so much for having gotten to power so quickly because uh, Mussolini created fascism in 1919. And by 1922, he was already prime minister. You know, Hitler took him a whole decade. So Hitler had a bust of Mussolini on his desk in the 20s in Munich. And other Nazis would ridicule him because he, he kept writing to, to Mussolini, trying to get his autograph. And then, you know, eventually the tables were turned. But Mussolini has so much to teach us because he arguably it's more relevant than Hitler for today because Mussolini was a prime minister of a democracy for three years. And he was, made, he was kind of inventing this as he went along. Uh, and mm -hmm. he, he was, you know, he declared the first right-wing dictatorship in 1925 to escape prosecution <laughs> because mm. he had engineered and ordered the murder of the top socialist uh, who was very beloved, uh, Giacomo Mattiotti, and he was implicated and he was going to go down. People were pressuring him to resign. And so he took this leap uh, and decided to declare dictatorship so he could fire the special prosecutors and then, you know, send everybody uh, into exile or jail. But he did it to save his skin. So there's many, many lessons. Uh, and parallels. Parallels. Uh, and that's what allowed me. Um, I am not a scholar of American history, uh, although I'm obviously, you know, born, born here and raised here. But as mm -hmm. soon as I saw Trump, doing his loyalty oaths, uh, talking about committing violence and being loved for violence, when he, his famous I Could Stand on Fifth Avenue speech, which was very early, January 2016. So I tracked all of this, and I was yeah. already writing about uh, Trump very early, as you were, because you, know, we come, we, you and I come from different uh, perspectives, but it, Trump was, it, it was, uh, he was very familiar from the very start. Mm. The things I saw him doing just struck me with great dread. Um, and, and so I put aside an academic book I was doing on World War II, and I started uh, you know, writing kind of full-time with CNN, and then I ended up writing Strongmen, which puts 
which goes from Mussolini up to Trump, um, to kind of put as a warning to Americans uh, that that you know what they were seeing had happened many times before, and it could happen in their own country too. Yeah, and there's imitation and copycatism, as you mentioned. Hitler was studying the playbook from Mussolini, and you also mentioned Steve Bannon, who is not enough uh, held accountable yeah. for the chaos and mess that we're in, because he was put into the Trump campaign by the Mercers, if I remember correctly, um, after they used Cambridge Analytica to hack Facebook, get all that data. And and they moved. They insisted that Bannon be moved in to help run the the uh, campaign, if I remember correctly. Correct. And he's a chaos agent. He wants to burn the, burn everything down. Yeah, I, I think the other one of the things I wanted to communicate with my book was to debunk the myths about these these guys that they are good for the nation, that they're constructive, that they're good for the economy and to show the terrible outcomes they bring. How to be, and, it, and also their kind of personality profile. Now, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't use words like narcissism or sociopath, but I do trace a kind of personality profile. And unfortunately for us, uh, Trump fits uh, all of it. The sadism, the impulsivity, the, the, the grandiosity, um, the kind of insecurity covered up by bullying, they all have the same variations of the same personality. The outcomes are different because we, you know, we're not, we don't, we have fewer one party states uh, outside of mm. communism, but the destruction is, and so the destruction is, looks different, but it's there in every case because the sad thing, and it very much uh, gets into. The, the follower leader relationship, which you're such an expert on, is that they they despise the people who follow them. And the more people put their trust in them, the more they they just see them as assets to exploit and uh, and dupes. Yeah, people. so I I, yeah. I d please this no, is your, this is your, I, no, this is your this is your thing. No, yeah. I was just gonna add so <clears throat> so malignant narcissism is the term I like to use uh, for cult leaders of all stripes. Um, and that's the narcissism, which is the lack of empathy, but the grandiosity, need for attention, need for praise, but fundamentally from a very insecure uh, sense of self. But then the malignant part, this is from Eric Fromm's yeah. writing, uh, thinking they're above the law, the pathological lying, the sadism, the paranoia, the threats. So you can go down the whole list. In fact, I did chapter three of the cult of Trump, comparing Trump yeah. with my former cult leader, Sun Myung Moon, Hubbard of Scientology, yeah. and Jim Jones. And we recently just had the 45th anniversary of the tragedy massacre and the assassination of a congressman by Jim Jones. So I, I wanted to, to, uh, to, to just nail that one down because from my, you know, sitting where I sit, I want everyone to study these characteristics because there are many different cults happening on the internet and relationships 
And if people know these qualities, they can protect themselves right. from 80 to 90% of every mind controller type of thing. And then to your other point about uh, these strong men not really respecting their followers, what came to mind for me was, I think it was Fred Trump uh, telling his son, or I should say Drumpf, which was the, the original name before they Americanized the Drumpf. I love that. Uh, we should all rebrand, uh, as John Oliver, the comedian, said, uh, Trump, make Donald Drumpf again. In any case, his father taught him, you have to eat or be eaten. So you're either the apex predator eating everybody else for food, or you're going to get swallowed. So the mentality is not egalitarian, respect for others, but just eat, eat, eat. And of course, he's obese on top of that. Forgive me for adding that. Yeah, uh, and, and to destroy and totally like, so when, when Trump is, uh, is, you know, not respecting gag orders, when his people won't respect, including congressmen, subpoenas, uh, he, his goal is at every moment, because his, his goal is to take down American democracy, to destroy it, right? to tame yep. it. And so he has to show scorn for the rule of law. He has to show scorn for the justice system and all the judges and all the prosecutors um, at every moment. And he's relentless as a propagandist, as a, as a kind of shaper of emotions uh, in this way. And so people think, oh, he's just being rebellious or he's just... Uh, you know, he's just like being a victim and the victimhood's very important, but the destructiveness is uh, never losing an opportunity to totally discredit and, and uh, get people to think of the justice system as part of the deep state, which he's been, he's been able to do beautifully. So he's, he's played all the, all the notes, he's gotten all the narratives, uh, some of which preexisted him, like the deep state stuff. Um, beautifully to the point where the more, uh, the more he's indicted, et cetera, the more he's a hero to people. Yeah. So uh, I may be going out on a limb, but not really, because I wrote a book called The Cult of Trump, but I put Putin at the top yeah. of the puppeteers, and yeah. I actually interviewed Craig Unger and Yuri Schwetz in a two-header um, uh, interview. And Yuri Schwetz said, I was in the KGB and I was much higher than Vladimir was. And we recruited Trump de decades earlier as an asset. And it was the first time somebody from the former Soviet Union dictatorship said something that overt. And, um, and basically, Putin was horrified the Soviet Union fell. He was yeah. a KGB operative, and he's been on a revenge vendetta yeah. to destroy America ever since. That's so right. So using his oil money and power to infiltrate, to lobby, to buy off congressmen, senators, and to encourage the NRA. Why? Because he wants Americans to kill each other. He yeah. loves to say to his people, Look at Americans. They don't protect their school children. People go in with assault rifles. We protect you. 
That's so right. does she, I should add. Um, and and we know Marina Butina infiltrated the NRA. She's now a parliamentarian in Russia. So the whole fourth generation psychological warfare toolkit of William Lind's front that I wrote about uh, and he wrote about in 1980 of going after experts so people don't trust experts, going after uh, science itself, which is great if you want to do climate science denial. Let's attack all of science. Let's you know attack all democratic institutions. So the playbook, you know, of how to create uncertainty and fear and anxiety and keep pressing those buttons to make people so afraid renders them less thinking about who is this person and is this person actually got any policies that are going to help my children, my family survive? No, it's all about subverting people's critical faculties and indoctrinating into a kind of mindless lemming-like, I got to follow no matter what, because uh, he says with certainty that he has the truth and he has the answer. And that I saw you nodding a lot. So yeah. well, what do you think? That, that's, all, that's all true. And it's also part of what the all, all dictators do starting with the fascists, you know, and, and Hitler and Mussolini set themselves up as the only arbiter of truth, as the true truth tellers against the establishment. Um, so there's that, like only they are taking the risk uh, and trying to warn people. And so they become these rogue figures, or not become, they start out advertising themselves as these rogue figures, uh, which is what Trump was doing with his standing on Fifth Avenue and shooting someone they're like outlaws who are risking their life for the truth. And Trump has been faithful to that message through up to now, um, where he says, uh, you know, his new thing is, uh, they're not, you know, they're not going after me. They are going after me, but they really want you. I'm just standing in the way. And, and that's the same kind of, I'm going to take the hit uh, for you. And so they become like a hero and a martyr. And these are also very old archetypes, right? Uh, and they're religious, right. of course. And, and Silvio Berlusconi used to call himself the Jesus Christ of Italian politics, because he said he's the savior and he's the martyr. So, so they all do this. They all use this victimhood stuff and also the, the, the only one who can save the nation. And, and so as Trump was, you know, out there operating, uh, and I was doing the research on on all these different dictators, he was checking all the boxes. It's it's unbelievable. And then, you know, having religious allies who proclaim he's there by the will of God. So 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 this is why I I call I've called him a cult leader, and and many people you know, think they still today think that's exaggerated, but the guy's going to Waco, Texas, like how much more explicit does it need to be that you kick your campaign off in Waco? I, I don't know why, I don't know, I do know why, but people, it, it's very frightening to think, uh, to, to kind of understand the full magnitude and gravity of this dangerous person. Uh, and people don't want to go there. 
but they have to because otherwise they're not they're not understanding. That's why your your expertise is so valuable now, um, because that's what we're faced with. Yeah. So you know the standoff between the ATF and the FBI and David Koresh in Waco, Texas, with the Branch Davidians was a symbol used by uh, extremists, white, na white nationalists of government overreach. The government clearly didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand cult mind control, apparently, because they thought David Koresh was a con man, even though I kept trying to let them know that they're they sabotaging their own effectiveness at getting a peaceful res resolution there. And then, of course, we know Timothy McVeigh uh, bombed the federal building in, in, in because he was so angry and upset with the government. And there's there's a lot of people who've now been recruited into this this ideology that makes um, the government just plain evil. And of course, the fossil fuel groups, and I, I just interviewed someone who wrote a book on the Coke corporate empire, mm -hmm. mm. which is the second largest private corporation in the United States. Most of their money is from fossil fuels. They want to create distraction and uncertainty yeah. and make people not trust the government or government regulations. Like, That's let's it. get the government out of it so they can pillage and yeah. and destroy uh, our country and 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 the earth the whole habitat is Absolutely. going because of this totalist ideology and it's really important I, to put I, the, I, to connect the dots the way that you do um and mm. it's really really important to have people understand that the disinformation the dark money uh is is to enable plunder and that Trump, Trumpistan 1.0, he, he rolled back over 100 environmental regulations. So people think of, right. what are we going to call it, authoritarianism or fascism. They think of it as imposing controls, and it is. But there's a whole other part, which is allowing, uh, so some people have controls on them. Others have more liberty to plunder than they ever dreamed of. And that includes breaking the law in, in myriad ways, if you're, you know, in the government or in the paramilitaries. Uh, and, and so that's, but these, in this case, you have these very wealthy, um, hugely powerful people whose, um, whose livelihood depends on this. And so, but people are not well, connecting the dots often enough. Yeah, I would challenge the use of the term livelihood depends because they're usually billionaires yes, and they Yes. This is about power. I this meant their business model. The, I guess I meant their business model. Right, exactly. Okay. So I, I wanna come back to the uh I am the victim or I'm taking this for you and the false uh, connection that that these dictators do with their followers to get them to mentally identify with the strong men. And then I also want to call out the technique of projection. So the, the lies, the constant lies, that's a technique to indoctrinate. But the projection of the Democrats are doing yeah. a coup uh, the the other are the people who are really dangerous. 
I'm just trying to help you all out. When in fact, if one can only step out of the bubble of the constant bombardment of social media and Fox and other media uh, disinformation channels and look objectively at the facts, um, it's very clear that we are in danger of losing our country's democracy and rule of law. And, and I'm just really so distressed that people are not stepping back and unplugging for more hours. You know, the average American is on their smartphone eight hours or more a day. And the human mind is not meant to be online that many hours a day. But somehow this has now become the normal. Yeah. And it's not normal for humans to be in a digital artificial environment. No, and and this is um this is a, a huge problem if you think about um emotional retraining too, because the more people you see this with the uh most recently with the Israel Hamas war, people are very inflamed. People are um, also, especially on TikTok, being kind of weaponized to, to take uh, positions that are very, they're the opposite of nuanced. And right. the people who win out from those moments, which autocrats know how to exploit, and terrorists, and they, you know, the, the terrorists and autocrats are overlapping categories and they create chaos, they create fear, but they create chaos. Uh, and, and situations that everything is um, turned upside down so that they can pose themselves as a solution. So, right. so social media, uh, actually it's interesting because uh, in my book I have a chapter on propaganda and I go over 100 years. And what I found is there are certain principles for propaganda. It, it, it requires repetition, but actually requires repetition with small variations that you have the same mm -hmm. message coming to people from, you know, di with different media, uh, different areas of society. Um, but there's the party line or the cult line mm -hmm. too. And what social media does is it hugely accelerates this because of the sc scale and scope of the messages. And also that in the old days, like the 1930s, let's say, you consumed passively. You, you read the newspaper, you listened to the radio, and now you, you repost, you retweet, and you add your meme, you add your message, and so the propaganda circulates and it seems fresh. So that repetition with variations is built into the action of social media. And that's why it's been, Trump used it so, so, so effectively in 2016 to get elected. Yep. And I'll, I'll just share, I was invited in 2015 to an Aspen Institute uh, invitation-only gathering about countering ISIS recruitment online. Mm. And um, there were a lot of big shots in the room, Rich Stengel from the State Department counterterrorism and Madeleine Albright and, and Richard Haas and Anne-Marie Slaughter, Monica Biggert from, from Facebook and Scott. Anyway, uh, a man presented about his research on recruitment online 
and he demonstrated an AI supercomputer system. This was August of 2015, and he talked about how he could track memes online in real time in 20 different languages and how you could track if a meme was gathering steam, you could amplify it, or you could create a, a distraction and a more potent um, crazy story that would move people to follow a different meme. And so this overload of craziness was about meme manipulation, mm -hmm. and the public is oblivious to the fact of how much we're being manipulated by bad actors. Yeah. who are trying who are trying to subvert our democracy through the use of this technology. Yeah, absolutely. And the, you know, a very apt name for uh, the the Kremlin information warfare and it is war, right? It's war by other means is the fire hose of falsehood. And so the volume of stuff and is very important because it's overwhelming to people and then it, it can cause people to actually become depoliticized and demobilized. And that's what many dictators in history, like Franco, that's what they've wanted because there are different kinds of dictatorships. If they're, uh, if they're going uh, to um, you know, imperialist conquest, they, they need uh, the population to be like you know, combat ready, let's say. But other times... Yep. Uh, they want people to be distanced from politics or be too afraid to lift their heads up. And so uh, using you know, propaganda is, and is together, and it works together with threat and, or, and violence, yeah. actually, I mean, real violence in many cases. Yeah. And we're getting there in, in the United States. Threat is now woven into the methods of the GOP, um, as is violence. Uh, and we're kind of in denial about that. Uh, which is why people are still not wanting to deal with January 6th, um, which almost worked and sent all the lawmakers in our country running for their lives. They haven't wanted to deal with the fact that senators and others who are among the most powerful people in our country with access to any resources they need, security, et cetera, are crying secretly because they're afraid of Trump uh, from when they were acquitting him of his impeachments None mm -hmm. of this, uh, people really, it should be on page one. It uh, should have always been on page one. And instead, um, it, it's just people, there's just like a, I don't know, a cognitive dissonance, like uh, inability to deal with these psychological, social, authoritarian kind of dynamics. And so that's what I know, that's your work. And that's mm. what my work has been to try and point out these dynamics because they're they're structuring our country right now, and um, they have a very bad outcome in history and in the present. Yeah, and and so uh, there's a bunch of important points you made. I'll, I'll I'd like to start by just commenting on the fire hose of propaganda technique, and Russia calls it active measures. The idea is you throw out a lot of crap. And you see what sticks, what what gets some traction, and then you send your agents and the troll farms to amplify those things. That's how QAnon got going as a psyop. There were other psyops before QAnon, like Cicada three three zero one, but 
The idea is you throw things out and then you watch the reactions and then you amplify and you polarize. You make the left more extremist and you make the right more extremist. So there's higher polarization um, um, and less common ground. The common ground is what a democracy like America is supposedly founded on that there, there's a common good for all of society, but now the, 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 the left demonizes the right, the right demonizes the left, and we are losing the nuance. Everything becomes, under the T of the bite model, um, black and white, all or nothing, good versus evil, us versus them. Yeah. Simplistic little bite-sized nuggets of, uh, of, of mind control. I also want to comment, if you don't mind, Ruth, that human beings think that we're rational beings and that we're choosing things independently, and that's just not reality. We now know a lot about social science. We know a lot now about neuroscience. And in fact, we are human beings. We're human animals, and we have a ner nervous system that can get overloaded or can get hacked very easily. And human beings need to understand that what's normal for us is that we, we, we may think we know what something is, but um, unless we've had training at it or we've had, you know, read books by scholars on a particular subject, we have beliefs that we know things, and we have this illusion we can just Google something and become an expert, but there's just so much disinformation on Wikipedia and other places. And what I'm trying to get to is that, back to the lawmakers and such, the lawmakers are largely operating off of a, a human paradigm of watching the others in yeah. their group, the GOP, and following the herd, because there's safety in numbers, and then there's that fear and threats that they're going to be defeated in the primaries if they speak out and, and break ranks. But that's what is necessary, is for leaders right. to step up and actually think for themselves and think about things and do the right thing, even if it means that they're not gonna get reelected, uh, possibly. Um, but that's what is really going to be needed in the coming years, I think. I agree. And, and we see this, that it's called elite defection uh, in, in regimes when this is after that devastations are clear to everyone and elites start to peel away and it's very dangerous. So <clears throat> they do it when they think the leader is, you know, doesn't have a future anymore. But that's what you need uh, along with, you know, sustained popular protests. So you need <clears throat> you need the top and the bottom to kind of come together. And uh, but it's it's so what's one of the saddest things I think having studied, you know, actual authoritarian states is that as you were saying, the stakes are are relatively low for these people. They won't get reelected. Now the GOP and has you know incited all of its thugs to to threaten their families and stuff. But even there, the 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 solution is for all of them to band together against Trump. And, right. and, and it would be very easy to do so. They could have used, done it at the debates. 
Um, it's just, there's all kinds of televised occasions that you can do that. And that would break part that would, that would cause a huge amount of chaos, but there would be productive chaos to break the spell. But, but, you know, even though they're not going to be sent to jail, uh, because it's not Mobutu's, you know, Zaire or whatever, Gaddafi's Libya, they won't do it. None of them will do it. Hmm. Well, so my point of view is I can only say the truth as I know it, and I've experienced it having been radicalized and woken up, and how did this happen to me, and, and being willing to say I trusted someone who was not trustworthy, Sun Myung Moon, uh, and I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and so, but it is doable, and for me, Ruth, the, the, a very fruitful course of action, it would be to mobilize former members, particularly yeah. former MAGA yeah. recruiters and propagandists. I interviewed yeah. Rich Logis uh, and, 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 and others. Joe Walsh was one of the early defectors who just said, this is not... The minute Trump said he trusted Putin over the intelligence services, I'm out. Yeah. Like yeah. this was really obvious for him. Uh, but mobilizing the voices of people who had believed, who had yeah. supported Trump and and had been part of the GOP and 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 valiantly stood up and and opposed it. I do th still have hope, but we we need to everyone needs to kind of regulate their own nervous system. <laughs> and part of it is, I think, less line uh, time getting emotionally aroused by by some of the the social media memes that are so upsetting focus on what's within your control to do like reach out to family and friends yeah. reconnect with people be warm work locally and if you have the ability to to help organizations that have a real strategy like you can help fund that and 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 let, let's work together to um, for the next year, because it's very worrisome the the attacks on Biden. He he's done so Crazy. many good policies. Trump did no, almost nothing of any substance whatsoever, and the GOP had no platform. But Biden's been doing real things to affect real people, yeah. and 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 so we need to stay focused on what's going to get us out of this mess. And it's adults in the room outlining a step-by-step -step plan. I agree. Agree wholeheartedly. So we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but I, I would love for you to share a little bit more, if you don't mind, about Mussolini and 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 the fascism. It was so interesting for for uh, when you were talking about how Hitler was studying. Uh, Mussolini and how Bannon, you know, really wanted to model after Mussolini. The public needs to learn more and read your book. Yeah, so you know, Mussolini is a he. He was the first to um, kind of chip away uh, for the years he was um, prime minister of a democracy. It was a very limited democracy, and there'd been there'd been major violence. Uh, fascism started as. Uh, a decentralized militia movement. It's important that Americans know that. Uh, it was in the countryside. They took, it was like the precinct strategy, as Bannon calls it. They took control mm. 
of local towns. They would go with their cars and their flags uh, and their trucks, and they would make incursions, they called them, into these towns. They would take over school boards, trade unions. They would, in um, Italy, had a huge socialist, uh, reformist socialist uh, mm -hmm. party. So all of that was destroyed, but it did it locally. And, and then Mussolini united them into uh, a movement and did this kind of stage, this march on Rome. And the king, who was in charge of the armed forces, and it was after World War I, many people were, you know, had, had expertise, shall we say. He could have called out the, the armed forces against the squadras at any time. They were never more than 30,000 converging on Rome, and he didn't. He was too timid. So uh, he invited Mussolini in, and that's what happened to Hitler, but Mussolini was the first to be invited in by conservative elites, and they thought they could use him. Uh, so so it's the, the Hitler playbook was provided by Mussolini. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's one thing. The other is um, that, you know, he, he did... He got into power very fast, and then he, and then he uh, declared a dictatorship. And it took a few years for him to set up his police state. And that was one reason Hitler wanted to do everything very fast, because he didn't like this gradualist um, you know, thing. But Mussolini also was the first to kind of have this whole biopolitical state. In 1927, he gave a landmark speech that introduced what he called like therapeutic politics, where you mm. were going to have uh, a demographic increase. The battle became the battle for births. You and he talked about how non-whites were having too many babies and they were at the door. Um, and you had so you had to increase white Christian births. Um, mm. And this is the this is the speech where he said that there are uh, too many rats bringing yellow fever and Bolshevism into Italy. So we have to kill them. And he was talking about public health and actual rats, but he was talking about people. So the, the vermin stuff that Trump uses is not just from Hitler, it's from Mussolini. And again, it's 1927, Hitler was not going anytime soon going to be in power. So right. it's really the, the great replacement theory, everything traces back to him. Um, and so we really need to, to, to learn much more about him. And he, he stayed in power for over 20 years. Hitler was mm -hmm. like just, you know, 13 years. So he was way more successful in a funny way um, mm. uh, than, than Hitler and taught Hitler a lot, even though all we remember is Hitler was the top dog and Hitler eventually invaded Northern Italy. But that was later. Right. And so aside from reading your book and seeing you on TV, people can go to your Substack, and you decided to call it Lucid. <laughs> Tell us about that choice. Yeah, so um, I, like you, I was very concerned about uh, disinformation, about people being guided to do things that are against their interest, because the essence of also cults, but I'll stick to my area of expertise, authoritarianism, is to get people to act against their interests, to support people who take their rights away. And so I, I, want, I knew I wanted to, to do a, like a civic education um, you know, mission, let's say, through this substack 
that would mm-hmm. that would illuminate people, that would educate people. So I came mm-hmm. up with the idea of uh, the title "Lucid" because of the the connotation to that and having our minds clear, having clarity. Um, and so I write essays every week, and I have, um, as you know, because you were a guest, I have Q and A's. Um, where people can ask me questions directly. Mm-hmm. And that's all part of the kind of civic education. Yeah, it's such important work. I'm very grateful to you. Uh, and uh, I hope that we can, I don't know, get a get a meeting together of brilliant academics and scholars, but also former members and yeah. map out a counter plan which to me is just really about teaching people the facts of you want freedom. These are the qualities to look for in leaders, you know, where they're accountable and they're, they, 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 they delegate to people smarter than them and more knowledgeable than them. And that if they make a mistake, they apologize and, and are accountable to it where there's checks and balances so there's no abuses or limits abuses and such. We really need a plan that um, people can get behind and have hope uh, going forward because it just seems so much like people are tuning out because they're so overwhelmed by the the stress. We will continue to collaborate and work on these weighty (laughs) problems. So thank you. Ruth Ben-Ghiat, professor of history and Italian studies at New York University. Her latest book is called Strong Strong Men, Mussolini to the Present. And um, I want to thank you for being a guest on the Influence Continuum. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of The Influence Continuum. I've been your host, Dr. Stephen Hassan. Theme music for the podcast is by Nasser Malik. To keep up to date with me and happenings that I think are important, please visit my website at freedomofmind.com. There you'll find in-depth articles about cults, mind control, and other relevant topics. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at CultExpert. If you want to develop a comprehensive understanding of these topics, I highly recommend my books, Combating Cult Mind Control, Freedom of Mind, and The Cult of Trump, in that order. These books are a culmination of 45-plus years of experience, and will really help you grasp the complex web of undue influence. I have also launched a new nine-hour online course for anyone interested in a deep dive into issues related to recovering from undue influence in all forms. While this course is designed for clinicians, everyone can benefit. If you're a former member, I congratulate you for your bravery and invite you to use the hashtag IGOTOUT and join our online community at IGOTOUT.org. Remember, love is stronger than mind control. And thanks for listening.